people spend their entire life climbing the corporate ladder, and when they get to the top, they realize it was leaning against the wrong wall. Welcome to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. In this weekly podcast, Kirby and Bill talk about the world of marketing, branding, and promotional products. Unscripted is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. And welcome to episode number 139 of Unscripted. I'm your co-host for this little bit of fun, Bill Petrie. With me, as always, is the field marshal of February fun, the one and only Dr. Kirby Hossman. Kirby, how are you today? I am doing well. I'm uh, actually, you know, I'm that mid-February kind of malaise, but I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Hopefully it's not a train. Uh, But yeah, I'm uh, going to Pretty good mood today, buddy. How are you? I'm doing great. Had a really uh, fun uh, early part of the week and yeah. just ready to uh, ready to hit the ground running. But you know who else helps you hit the ground running, Kirby? Who's that, Bill? Kirby, that would be our good friends at Bam Bams. Are you familiar with their new private label headwear and apparel line? I am fired up about it. Yeah, it's really exciting stuff. A 50-piece minimum, a true private label experience. They're bringing retail quality at promo price points. And if you happen to visit their booth either in Orlando, at ASI Fort Worth, or at PPAI Expo in Las Vegas, you already got a really good look at their capabilities. And to say they're strong would do would do them a huge disservice and be a big understatement. Yeah, it's it's so cool. And I mean, it's one of those things that, that I think will really elevate you as a distributor um, and the way you show up to your clients. Hmm. No question. Couldn't agree more. So if you want to learn more, and gosh darn it, why wouldn't you? Go ahead and ask your rep for more information. They've got all the information you need to go ahead and start that true private label experience for you and your customer. You won't be sorry that you did. You will not be sorry. All right, Kirby, are you ready to broadcast at a platinum level today? I am going to do my best, as always, to keep up with you. Oh, well, uh, good luck with that. (laughs) So do you want to go ahead and start us off with a topic today? Yeah, sure. I'll jump in. Um, I kind of want, it's a topic about you. Okay. Um, All right. So one of the things I thought was interesting is it's one of the, the, the magic Google machine, as you call it. I was following your sort of travels this week and I I think I saw you with a bunch of people I like, respect, know, Mm -hmm. and you were ice fishing. That looked super fun, but super cold. So tell me about that. Yeah, so went up to uh, Minnesota, Glenwood, Minnesota, which is about two and a half hours northwest of Minneapolis. Um, And so, yeah, I'd say the high this week was four. So that was that was tough, but it was uh, Justin Zavadil and Dana Zezzo from American uh, Solutions for Business. They had a few people up that um, they wanted, and it was myself and Brian Porter was there, and uh, Mark Held was there from uh, from uh, Alpha Broder, right? And you had Miles uh, oh, Miles yeah. Wadsworth from Logomats. You had Ben Taylor from Bam Bams. It's like a dream team. It, it was great, and you had it was a couple other people, and and we really. So you go out, and if you've never been ice fishing, you, you go not. out there. There's a hut on a lake. The <laughs> lake, well, the ice on the lake was almost two and a half feet thick, and you drill holes, and you drill holes in the ice house. Uh, or in the in the uh, the ice hut or whatever you call it, and <laughs> and you set your lines, 
Then you sit and drink beer, Kirby. <laughs> that part I think I'm down with. Yeah, no, actually it was great because it was one of those things. It's, it's, it's a really good networking event to be quite uh, a trip, I should say. It's not an event, but a trip, I should say. Just really good conversations with a lot of people. Um, I like knowing respect and, and to really chat about industry things. I mean, that's honestly what most of the day was was spent doing. Yeah, we caught some fish, caught some pike. Um, certainly had had a couple soda pops out there. But it was really about just getting a group of people together where you don't have email, you don't have the mm. phone ringing, and you're really able to focus on what people are saying and different perspectives that they bring. Um, you know, I, I think almost the favorite part for me was um, really meeting and getting to know Mark Held. Mm. Mark is, is a guy who's been in the industry a, a long time, a apparel guy. And he is, uh, you know, he, he's a he's not a social media guy, so right. he's, he's not on. That's just not his thing. But I'll tell you what a what a tremendously good human being that guy is. In fact, we drove back from Minneapolis or from Glenwood to Minneapolis um, yesterday morning, which would be a Wednesday morning, in pretty good snowstorm. Um, <laughs> I think over the course of the morning. It dropped about eight inches of snow, and so the the two-and-a-half-hour trip took us closer to four. And there were some near whiteout conditions, and I was navigating. Mark was driving, and we had a couple couple times where his car was turned at 2 o'clock, but yet we were still going at 12 o'clock and (laughs) uh, a couple close calls, but we made it and had a really good time. So, uh, yeah, a couple long travel days, but, but, you know, you're with Ben Taylor, you're with Brian Porter, you're with Dana Zezzo, you're with Justin Zavadil, you're with Miles, and you're with, you know, Mark, and – just really good people, and I and I think what I took away from it is we need to have more opportunities like that as an industry mm. um, in small groups uh, to get away, to have a retreat, to really kind of talk about the challenges we're facing in our businesses and getting the unique perspectives on it. So yeah, was it a fun trip? Absolutely, but it was also really kind of a business trip um, yeah. because. You know, I, I walked away with some really good insight. Um, definitely some feedback about the things we're doing here at Promo Corner, and and that was invaluable to me to get some real honest feedback on that. So, honestly, it was it was a tremendous three days, and and I can't wait to do it again next year. Yeah, I tell you what, it's funny you say that, and it actually reminds me. You and I talked quite a bit about the Ragnar that. Um, I did with uh, David Schultz and actually Dana Zezzo and several mm-hmm. other folks in the industry. And that's exactly how I felt. Right. Like at the end of it, I'm like, oh man, as an industry, we need to do more of this because yeah. I got to know people I didn't know. I got to dig in even more because right. it's, you, you're all of a sudden you're having to work together, right? Yep. Uh, with people that you don't normally work together with. And so, yeah, I actually agree. Those kind of experiential kind of events together are, I think, really interesting and just a different way to get to know each other yeah it was it was tremendous so thank you thank you very much for asking for sure cool all right so kirby i was thinking about you as uh, <laughs> i was no i was last night as i was trying to think of some topics and i want to i want to talk about and i think you have a very unique perspective on this which is why i want to ask you about it okay at some point in your life in your business life you decided to become an entrepreneur you weren't always an entrepreneur I would say you have always had entrepreneurial spirit. Sure. I, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. But it's one thing to have entrepreneurial spirit. It's a whole other thing entirely to take that leap to being an entrepreneur. Sure. So I'd like to know from your perspective, 
what your personal catalyst was where you said, I need to do this by myself or my way. Mm. And what advice you would give others who are kind of considering that entrepreneurial path. Wow. Okay. Um, so so I, I, guess, I guess what I'm asking, how do you know you have the stomach for it? Yeah, no, that's fair. So, you know, I think what's interesting is, and I don't, I love this topic because I don't think we've talked about it. Nope. Um, I think I've been an entrepreneur from the get-go, um, but it wasn't, it, that wasn't a term, right? Like my first model was probably my grandfather. He was very entrepreneurial. Um, and like I started my first business when I was like eight. But I think what happened for me is that school doesn't really school and college, right? They they didn't really prepare me at all to do that. As a matter of fact, there was nothing there's no conversations about it. So like it almost beat the entrepreneur out of me a little bit. Like and I'm not knocking on the school system, it's just not what they train you for. And so um I think I started working down a traditional path doing video for corporate and stuff like that and it was funny because I think the problems I had was that I struggled to fit into that box. I was constantly, like when I worked at the Longer Burger Company, I was constantly coming up with ways that were totally outside of my responsibility or or my pay grade, coming up with ways for Longer Burger to create um, revenue. And mm-hmm. they're going, that's not really your job, Kirby. You like, But I'm like, yeah, but we can. And I think me butting my head up against it so many times that I was finally like, okay, I'm tired of working 80 hours, being paid for 40 hours. And I love the idea when my wife was actually doing straight commission sales at the time. I'm like, I love the idea that the harder she works, the more she can make. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the moment I kind of stepped out into that, as you said, it was crazy scary because I left sure. salary and benefits and heck, there was on-site daycare, all that stuff. But what was funny, it was so freeing to me because I realized at the time, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is what I'm supposed to do. Um, and so to it's sort of to answer your question, I think it was the thing that I did fairly well is I mitigated risk on the front end, right? Mm-hmm. Like, So when I stepped into um, video, mm-hmm. I created ways for me to do video without having to purchase all the equipment myself. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the thing that I would say is we're in a time, and actually Gary Vee talks a lot about this, we're in a time that entrepreneurship is very sexy. Yep. And the downside of it's not talked a lot about. It, it can be extraordinarily lonely. Yeah. Um, because you are the, the final, you know, if, if it's not working, it's your fault. Right. And you asked, how do you know if you have a stomach for it? Yeah. You know, it, 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 sometimes it's about trying it in a small way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like for me, I actually recommend to all my employees that they have a side hustle. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I think that a, it gives them an understanding of whether or not that's something they want to do. Mm-hmm. Gives them a little extra income, but I'll tell you what, man, it makes them respect the decisions that you have to make a lot more. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question. No, it but, completely does. I think yeah. it's some great, great advice for people. You know, you, you said something that I've thought about. Uh, you know, entrepreneurial ship right now is very, very sexy. It, yeah. It's something that everybody, you know, and look, that's if we're really being honest, that's what one of the pillars of our great country is sure. is that entrepreneurial spirit the ability to start with nothing and make something which is really you know from my perspective the definition of being an entrepreneur you start with nothing but you create something right you right. create something that 
maybe at some point you, you're profitable, and maybe at some point you have a brick and mortar, and maybe at some point you have satellite locations, and so on and so forth. Um, you know, you. I look at you and what you've done, and, and you are a true entrepreneur. You, you, you are. But I knew there was that moment where, and I just didn't know what it was. Now I do, as does our audience. Um, but I didn't know what that moment was where you're like, I've hit too many roadblocks. There's too much red tape. Things are taking too long or whatever that, that final moment is where you're like, I need to risk it. Yeah. Um, you know, well, go ahead. Can I, can I tell you, this is, I, I probably jump into this. This is something I talk about a lot. You know, I've talked about the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Sure. So what's interesting is I read that book like a lot of people do. And you know how in books that, where they say, hey, stop what you're doing, stop reading and make a list of, you know, the things you would do if you had all the money in the world. Right. Well, I don't know how you are, but I never do that. No. <laughs> like I never stop reading. I just keep going. Well, I went through Longerberger, who I was working for at the time, put me through seven habits. They took, a, it took me out of work for three mm-hmm. days and put me in a three, three day immersive seven habits training. Mm-hmm. And so in that training, when they're like, hey, stop what you're doing and make the list, right, of all the things that you would do if you had all the money in the world, right? And so we went through those exercises. And at the end of three days, the, the quote that, that uh, resonated with me the most out of that entire training was, people spend their entire life climbing the corporate ladder, and when they get to the top, they realize it was leaning against the wrong wall. Mm-hmm. Longenberger put me through that training, and within two weeks, I had resigned. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so if you wanted the moment, I was like, oh my God, I made all these lists and I liked my job. Yeah. But it wasn't on any of my lists. Yeah. No, that's... And I was like, oh, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. That's great. Because I mean, like, you know, real quick, you know, when I started Brandivate, it was never because I had hit, you right. know, some sort of moment like that. I needed a job, man. Right, and, right. And I, you know, could, there, there were only several type jobs I, I really wanted in the industry, and most of them were filled. <laughs> You're right. And so I had to kind of create my own job. And, and I knew, you know, when I've talked about this, so I don't want to get too deep into it, but, I mean, I fell in love with the brand of eight brand, which is a bad thing to do. And we, <laughs> you know, we all do that stuff from time to time. And I had to remind myself what I really built that, that organization for, and it was to find a job. I knew I never had the stomach to be a real entrepreneur. Right, right. Because, I, you know, I can have the entrepreneurial spirit, but I, I – just don't have that type of stomach. And maybe I do. I, I actually right. learn more about myself during the process than I ever thought I would. But uh, I always admire people like you who who really are entrepreneurs, who to, who take something and, and build something from nothing. Well, I, and thank you. But one of the things I would say is I think that's one of the disservices this, this current climate is doing is it's devaluing, for lack of a better term, like number two, number three, number four people because the reality of it is people like me and you know me well enough man I'm constantly going squirrel right. I'm looking over there I'm looking over there and people like me need uh, logistics and they need we need people to help us c- create the vision right right and execute on the vision and it's like man there there you can do very well for yourself and be very it's like super important to be able to do that and so like it's okay right yeah. like it, I think sometimes people are actually battling with levels of depression because they think they have to be a number one or and right. that's a the, the number one number two thing's a bad analogy but right now I get it entrepreneur guy or gal in, in reality man 
if you're the the person who helps execute something, you have the ability to impact the culture, and you know no what question. I mean. Like it's in in both places, you know. No, no question. No, it's a good it's a good conversation. So I'd yeah. love to hear from my audience. You know. I think I'd love to hear more entrepreneurial journeys, or maybe you dipped your toe in the water and it wasn't for you. Yeah. And and, and what's that moment look like? So just just an interesting conversation. So go ahead, Kirby. You got another topic for us? I do. Um, so I'm going to go a little bit outside of the industry. So one of the things I was thinking about recently, and maybe it's not, maybe it's in the industry as well, but um, I've been listening to a lot. You, you know I do books a lot on uh, listening to audio, but I've been listening to a ton of podcasts as well. Mm-hmm. And one theme that just keeps coming up over and over again is the idea of spending time with uh, kind of leveling up. Like mm-hmm. um, so many of us, you've heard the thing where it's you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Right. Um, and I will tell you that you and I hanging out together, spending time together has leveled me up, right? Like I think that oh. is what happens, well, right? thank when, you. Yeah. Well, hopefully the idea is that iron sharpens iron. Right. Um, And so it got me thinking about, okay, then who else out in the world would I like to um, spend time with? Who Mm -hmm. would I like to kind of start to, if if I had my dream list of -hmm. people I could start to hang out with, Mm -hmm. who would that be? And, you know, I think you know, we've talked a lot. You know, Gary Vaynerchuk has, would be on my list. Seth Godin, mm-hmm. um, Casey Neistat. Those those folks um, are people that I would just love to pick their brain someday. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I I was like, who else? And so I created a couple. And so I can give you mine, or if you have some, I'd love to hear yours as well. I'll, I'll go ahead and, and okay. throw throw it out there. Uh, Richard Branson always comes oh, yeah. to mind. Yeah. I I am fascinated by by him um for people who don't know he's the founder of virgin yeah, talk and, about the ultimate entrepreneur yeah and, <laughs> and i'm fascinated by his ability to um not only start new businesses because there's been a billion different um businesses under the head uh, the header of virgin they had virgin yeah. cola and virgin music and you know virgin airlines, airlines and yep. all those things and he is so open about his failures um, I am truly, 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 truly fascinated by by that, yeah. um, and so I would love to spend time with him because I, I, you know, people get, tell me I'm very transparent, which I think I am, but I don't know if I even come close to um, his his level of transparency, and I just I find it very alluring. Uh, right. That um, he comes to mind, Phil Knight from Nike. Ooh, that's uh, a good comes one. to mind. Um, as someone I would love to to spend some time with, just from a branding perspective. I uh, mm-hmm. really understand how they've really built such a, a ubiquitous brand uh, globally, uh, I, I think, is, is a tremendous one. And, and then finally, I think the last one that really comes to mind, um, and it's, it's not in the industry, it's not really in any industry, is, is that of, uh, I really would like to, well, he's dead, so it's going to play, it doesn't matter if they're dead. No, go for it. You're not going to be able to hang out with them, but I no. Well, I I, I could, but it'd be like weekend at Bernie's. Um, (laughs) So Ray Kroc um, Uh, from McDonald's, just because I'd really want to dig into because the guy was, let's be honest, was an asshole. (laughs) Um, Based on the movie, yes. Well, but I mean, he he. I've read enough about him because I'm fascinated by him as well. Um, You know, the ability to be so callous in business. 
Um, not that I aspire to that. I certainly don't. Mm-hmm. But how do you sleep at night? Mm-hmm. How do you how do you reconcile that as you're you're raising a family and purportedly putting and trying to instill good values in them? Meanwhile, you you are almost a fraud. Um, I'm fascinated by that. So I, I guess that really doesn't answer your question. We were talking about mm. positive and lifting up. So let, let's let's lose Ray Kroc. Let's, <laughs> Still interesting, though. Yeah, let's stick with Richard Branson. Let's stick with Phil Knight. And then um, Gary Vee is an obvious one. Right. Um, it's a good one. I have zero desire to hang out with Casey Neistat. I, I, <laughs> that's that's one I don't get, but yep. that's okay. That makes the world go round. Yeah. Um, I... I um, I'll, I'll pick one. I'll pick Good. one. Adam Carolla. Mm, yeah, absolutely um, interesting cat. guy. Guy has uh, funny as hell. Has mm. one of the top podcasts in the world. Um, and really, if you really look at podcasting, is probably the guy who really made podcasting uh, able to be monetized. Right. He had lost his radio gig. He was one of the the three DJs that were um, that replaced Howard Stern on terrestrial radio. He did it on the West Coast. Um, no one can replace Howard Stern, and that'd probably be a good one to hang out with too on this list. Yeah. Um, and you know, he lost his job. They changed formats as things happen in radio, and he decided to be an entrepreneur and go out on his own and built a podcast network and is incredibly successful. And now has um, a couple uh, uh, wines out called Mangria. It's like mm. a mix between vodka and wine. Nice. And uh, so I, I would like to pick his brain a little bit about, you know, you talk about in the, in the middle of your life kind of having to pivot. I think that's interesting. So those are the three. Those are great. Um, so I'll give you a couple real quick, and um, I can dig into them. Um, I mentioned Gary V. I, like, he's probably top of my list. I, I, he just fascinates me. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I do like Casey uh, Neistat. Uh, here are the ones that kind of popped into my head when I was thinking about this. Uh, Magic Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, so interesting that he had the amazing sports career and then has totally recreated mm-hmm. himself into one of the most amazing executives in in the country. Um, following that, in the same area, LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he is an interesting cat, regardless of where he plays basketball. And I'm, I'm curious to see what he does next, to be honest with you. Um, Ed Milet, I have suddenly started following his content. He has got an incredible podcast. It's called the Max Out Podcast. Uh-huh. The more I listen to it, the more I am energized and inspired by that guy. I've never heard um, of him. Yeah. And, and again, Instagram, he's big on. Um, he's got a podcast. It, they do it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I'll send you a link. Um, and Honestly, I've been listening to several here lately, and I'm like binging them. They're okay. fantastic. Okay. And then, actually, you got me when you said uh, Adam Carolla it made me think of Joe Rogan. Yep. Joe Rogan is another guy Same who vein. I just think is super mm-hmm. interesting. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. So those are those are mine. Good. No, and I shouldn't have gone down the Ray Kroc road. I just find no. him fascinating. No, absolutely, it's good. Yeah. A little side, you know, he he, my dad uh, actually worked at McDonald's. Ray really? Kroc's version, McDonald's, number one in Des Plaines, Illinois. Really? Yeah, he There's did. some trivia. Yeah. yeah, and he was fired by Ray Kroc for ta- <laughs> for talking to his girlfriend at the time on the phone, which turned out to be my mom. So there is your <laughs> Bill Petrie fun fact for today, February 22nd, 2019. That's awesome. Kirby! Awesome. Real quick one. Um, so one of my favorite things to say, I, I, one of my f- least favorite sayings is when someone says, hey, 
customer's always right. Because okay. I, I firmly believe that generally the customer's wrong. Um, <laughs> however, I think the customer should always be first. Okay? okay, So it's not the customer's always right, but they are always first, which means you engage with them, you work with them, and you find the right solution that they need. And they may not realize it when they walk in the door. So from sure. a promotional products a perspective and an analogy, a client may come to you and say, I want pens for my trade show. Mm. Many people in our industry will say, well, great, how many do you need? Do you want it in blue sure. or black ink and so on and so forth and ask for the whatever variation? And I think where the real consultancy comes in is like, well, why do you want that? And maybe there's a better vehicle for your message to move your target audience to action at the same price point, right? So right. a lot of times the customer is always wrong. How do you, when you know that the customer's wrong, and you know this, you're in a meeting, and you, mm. you know it, they want something, and they might even be passionate about it. Sure. But you know they're wrong. Yep. I know exactly. I already have my answer. <laughs> so how do you how do you push them to a better solution without cheesing them off? Yeah, absolutely. So um, first of all, when you say that the customer doesn't always know what they want, it reminds me of that quote from I think it was Henry Ford, right? That said, "If I'd have given the customers what they wanted, I would have given them a faster horse." Right. Right. Like, yep. Um, uh, so yeah, I have a very. It's funny that you ask it because as soon as you said, it, I'm like, oh, I know exactly what I do. I always tell people, the first thing I say is, okay, I, I kind of empathize with them. I mm -hmm. see what you're saying, and I, I understand what you're trying to accomplish. But can I give you my two cents? Because what I tell everybody is my two cents is always free. Right. And what I find is people kind of laugh, and it disarms right. them a little bit, and it allows them to hear what I have to say. Yep. And, and so – but then at the end of it, I'll be the first to say, I'm not going to argue with them. Right, right? absolutely like, I'm going to give them exactly what I think that they should do. And then at the end, they say, hey, no, I actually want pens. Mm -hmm. Then I'm going to assume you know your business better than I know your business. Yeah. Um, and so I think there's a fine line to walk there. But sure. that is exactly what I say every single time. And usually it, it makes them laugh and disarms them enough to hear. So I take a slightly different approach. Not too different, very slightly. So when someone is, is hell-bent and they want this particular product, um, I'm not going to try to talk them out of what they want. Because it, it, it may just be that's their opinion where I sure. would have a chance to change their mind. It also may be a worldview where I'm not going to change their mind. It's, right. it is, I, I adamantly and fervently believe this. So what I'll do is I'll say, if it's okay with you, I'm going to definitely come up with exactly what you're asking for, but I'd like to show you some alternatives, yeah. same price point, and share why I think they might be better vehicles for, for you in this sure. particular project. At the end of the day, I want you to decide, but I wouldn't be doing my job and I'd be yes. doing you a disservice if I didn't present alternative uh, possibilities for you. Yeah. And it's a very, like you said, it disarms them. Yeah. It share it shows I'm engaged. It shows I care about your business more than just take a simple order, which way too many of the people in this industry do. Sure. Um, and so I think the more you can take the perspective of, hey, the customer doesn't always know what they want. Right. It's your job to help them find out what they want. And they may end up finding out they wanted what they wanted to begin with. Yeah. No, and I actually, it's funny that you say that because I 100% do that exact same thing. Mm -hmm. um, it, but, but getting the conversation started, that's yep. how I do it. And then, yeah. And then, you know, if they go down the road that they want to go, that's fine. So, you know what I mean? But um, I've, I at least feel like I've been responsible to them. Well, absolutely. And you know who else is responsible for making so much joy in the world of promotional products, Kirby? Who's that, Bill? That'd be the good people at Gold Star. And all they want you to do is experience simplicity. 
You know, yes. we know they make the buying process so easy and it's so, so simple. It's all inclusive pricing that includes setup and decoration. There's no hidden proof fees ever, which I love. Free ground shipping on all writing instruments, and that's to US and Canada always. Yes. Free sales and marketing tools that are going to help you wow your customers close a deal. Low minimums on drinkware. And, oh, by the way, did I mention there's no setup fees? Let me say it again, Kirby. There are no setup fees. So That's awesome. Go over to goldstarpens.com slash unscripted. Get your free simplicity starter kit. It's going to help you make money. Go get branding with that free simplicity starter kit from Goldstar. You won't be sorry you did. Kirby, are you ready for a little fill in the blank? I am ready, my friend. Do you have a theme this week? I do. Okay, why don't you go ahead? Okay, so mine is, it, it feels like certainly in Ohio, we've had a lot of rain and snow. Uh-huh. And uh, well, I was just actually looking at Josh Robbins' um, yes. uh, uh, post. It, it seems like everybody has rain right now. Yes. It's, it's the rainy season. So my, uh, my theme is rainy day activities. All right, I am ready. Let me get out my Parcheesi board and get excited <laughs> for this topic. Okay, so this is going to be a perfect segue. Your favorite board game to play on a rainy day is... Um, Trivial Pursuit. Ooh, okay. Um, going with an oldie but a goodie there. Well, actually, yeah. you know what? Um, Cards Against Humanity, actually, now that the kids are older. <laughs> okay, fair. Uh, we used to play Monopoly with the kids when they were younger. It would always end up with someone in tears, and sometimes it was even the kids. Um, <laughs> so Monopoly was always, it just didn't, it never ended well. Yeah. Um, I like Trivial Pursuit because, as you know, I have a cadre of useless knowledge in my head. And so I usually play Trivial Pursuit at a, a platinum level. But now that the kids are older, um, we play Cards Against Humanity, and just they laugh so hard. And and that's good. You, you, and you miss those belly laughs from your kids when they're teenagers. And yes. so um, you can certainly question uh, my ability to parent that I allow my 16 <laughs> year old boys to play Cards Against Humanity. But I'm pretty sure they say far worse when I'm not around. So hundred percent, hundred percent. All right, Kirby, I, like I have a theme as well, and it's food related today. Okay, I'm certain to annoy you with this. Okay. I have no doubt. <laughs> The restaurant that closed down could be a chain, could be a single place. The restaurant that closed down that you wish would reopen is blank. Burger Chef. Um, (laughs) 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 Um, And and not because it was really particularly good, but I remember growing up, that was a place in Coshocton that uh, I just have fond memories going to. You know, it was like a a bad knockoff between McDonald's and uh, Burger King. Burger King. Burger Chef was, it was, you know, just got the cheeseburger and fries and it was a... I just remember good things when I went there with my mom and dad. Well, I, I think that's a lovely memory. So I'm not, <laughs> I, am, I am not going to shit on it. Okay, thanks. Appreciate it. Okay, your favorite video game to play on a rainy day is or was? Madden. Any sort of Madden football game. Nice. Um, absolutely. My kids will still play it with me. We have a PlayStation 4 in the house. And I don't play it that often. It's usually more used as a Blu-ray player or <laughs> a vehicle to get to Netflix these days than anything else. But on a rainy day, um, either Mitch will come challenge me with uh, the Chargers against the Cowboys or Drew will challenge me with the Steelers against the Cowboys. And I show no mercy. I sweep the leg. <laughs> I don't care. Um, you are old enough to lose, and you will lose non-triumphantly, my friend. Yeah, I love it. 
I love it, man. All right, Kirby, you're a meat and potatoes guy. I am. Your favorite cut of steak is blank, and you like a prepared and cooked blank. Filet. Uh, I definitely like a filet, and I go medium rare. Medium rare. On the filet. And you know how it is. It's like yep. so many times you go to a restaurant, and they're all different. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you can order the medium rare, and it is still mooing. Um, that's not the goal. The goal is just to have a little pink there. So, okay. yeah, medium rare. Okay. Thank All right. You. So on that rainy day, your favorite social media platform to veg out, to just kill some time on is? I guess I'm going to say Instagram. I find myself spending a little more time on Instagram these days. Um, it's it's more visual than Facebook, although Facebook, you know, these days if you don't have a picture on your post. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's, yeah, no one's going to look at it. I have to say uh, the Instagram. I still don't get on Snapchat. No one engages right. me on Snapchat. I think they've given up on me, which, <laughs> including you, which is fine. <laughs> no, I, that's cool. That's good. Kirby, the restaurant with the best French fries is blank. Oh, man. I guarantee you that I'm going to get this wrong. Uh, so I, I'm one of those weird people. Who, I love French fries. So I, I know. Like I know. This, I, is a, this is a tough yeah. question for you. Yeah, I was going to say, I like them in a bunch of places. I actually like McDonald's fries. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm going to go steak, or not steak and shake, um, five guys. Five guys. Okay. I Do you go Cajun go or regular? Guys. Cajun or regular? I'm going to go regular. Okay. And I just love, <laughs> you know, one of the things that Five Guys is known for mm-hmm is the amount of fries that they put in a bag. And so I think that I like all of the quality of all of the French fries. I like the volume at Five Guys. As our good friend, our mutual good friend, Stan Phelps would say, that is a purple goldfish from Five Guys. They fill up the cup with fries and then uh, like intentionally overfill it so about half a a cup or almost another cup full spills into your bag. Yeah, it's so awesome. Yes. So awesome. Okay. All right, so back to the rainy day theme. The best thing about being stuck inside is? Uh, the ability to not have to do any sort of yard work. I <laughs> loathe, I, I don't mind working. I like to do physical things. I probably clean out, rearrange the garage five times during the course of the year. I like doing physical things, I, and I love being outside. But they're, landscaping, yard work, any sort of green thumb activity – I derive zero pleasure from. I don't enjoy it. I know a lot of people do. They find it therapeutic. That is not my thing. And so a rainy day means, oh, man, I'd love to go outside and lay about 400 yards of mulch. Dad can't do it today. (laughs) The fair. All right, Kirby. You have very publicly and very recently professed your love of Subway. Okay, yeah. The sandwich you order from your personal sandwich artist is blank. Uh. I kind of go back and forth, mm-hmm. um, but the probably my main is I do a chicken bacon ranch melt on flatbread, um, you know, decrease the carbs and mm-hmm. frankly just gives me more flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I dig the chicken bacon ranch melt and then I just go, you know, steak and cheese. That's always a good way okay. for me to mix it up. Excellent. Cool. And do you have a personal sandwich artist? <laughs> no. I okay. think whoever, although I will say that we go in there enough, just, uh, they, they sort of know. i tell you who they know. They know Skylar, my daughters. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. They know her order to a T because she gets go. the same thing. She, she does, that apple doesn't fall far from the tree. All right. Well, so we are at rapid fire time, Kirby. Now, we are going to talk today food network TV shows. This is <laughs> okay. food theme today. I love food network. I think yeah. you know that. Um, so, again, this is a very easy game. I'm going to give you two choices and two choices only. You simply pick one of the choices. It's an either-or situation with no explanation. 
You can't get this wrong. Are you ready to play? I'll do my best. I've never watched the Food Network, but oh, okay. This is a problem then. <laughs> Are you ready? Yes, let's do it. Barefoot Contessa or the Pioneer Woman? Uh, barefoot Contessa. Great food truck race or the best thing I ever ate? Best thing I ever ate. Kitchen Impossible or Dinner Impossible? Kitchen Impossible. Actually, I've seen that. Okay. Guys Big Bite or Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives? Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Worst Cooks in America or Kids Baking Championship? <laughs> Worst Cooks. Cupcake Wars or Chopped? Uh, um, chopped. Cutthroat Kitchen or Guys Grocery Games? Cutthroat Kitchen. Beat Bobby Flay or Good Eats? Bobby Flay. Wrong. Good Eats was the answer. <laughs> um, Iron Chef America or Iron Chef? Iron Chef America. Okay, and we're doing something very new here. Where this is a subset of the Iron Chef discussion. We're going to pick Iron Chefs now, Kirby. I'm going to okay. give you two Iron Chefs. You have to pick oh, one. One or the other. It's not that hard. Ready? Okay. Mario Batali or Wolfgang Puck? Wolfgang. Cat Cora or Jose Garces? Jose. Mark Forgione or Stephanie Izard? I don't even know if these are real people. They Stephanie. are! <laughs> Who? Stephanie? Stephanie, sure. Michael Simon or Jeffrey Zakarian? Michael Simon. Um, Alex Gornishelli or, uh, uh, shoot, I'm sorry, I just blanked on that. Or Emeril Lagasse? Emeril. Bobby Flay or Masaharu Morimoto? Words. Uh, Bobby Flay. Wrong. The answer was Masaharu Morimoto, the original Iron Chef from Japan. Kirby, I don't understand how you can get this wrong on a weekly basis, but you know who never gets anything wrong? Who's that, Bill? That'd be the good people at Bam Bams, especially if you're going to hit them up for their new private label headwear and apparel line. We know it. They killed it with this Qcon swag. They are really up and coming in that area. 50-piece minimum, a true private label experience. They are bringing retail quality at a promo price point, and honestly, that's what customers are really looking for. So if you want to get involved in that action, and by golly, you should, go ahead and hit up your local rep. They are going to absolutely give you all the information you need for that private label headwear and apparel line. Kirby, I enjoyed podcasting with you. I'm not sure we quite hit platinum today, but we're just going to roll with whatever we got on tape. It's all about effort, bro. Thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. Unscripted is available every Friday at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry.